Sporting beards. Doi. How's it going, man? It's going. Can you believe we're on episode number 100? Cien! We have made it. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. It's, it's insane that we, we have, have made it this far. Agreed. I, I will say that last year when we decided to do two episodes during college football and pro football, that helped a little bit. It did. It bumped <laughs> up the numbers. But still, we, we've stuck it through. Yeah, I am proud of us. I'm, I'm proud of us proud too. Of us. Me too. And I've only trimmed my beard like twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've probably done it more than twice, but not that much more than twice. I feel you. Uh, mine just kind of gets to the point that it's at right now and then just doesn't really grow it too much past this. Uh, yours is strong. Mean, yeah, mine's... Oh, man. Yours, yours is strong to quite strong. I appreciate it. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, since last week was New Year's, I, uh, I was off on Monday, so I worked Tuesday to Friday. So I only had a two-day weekend this weekend, which went by way too fast. I am really enjoying the three-day weekends that I've become accustomed to. Right. Because um, Saturday, I went and, uh, especially with the NFL basically being Saturday and Sunday right now, it just feels like my weekend is is just occupied by football, which I'm not upset with. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Saturday I went and saw Grandpa for a little bit. Um, brought him some pictures from the trip from Georgia and stuff, and then uh, and then basically just watched football. We did rearrange our bedroom and clean up some stuff because I've been slowly unpacking and everything since I moved right. in. Um, so we got a lot done yesterday, as well as watched plenty of football. That's good. How are you doing? I I am in the midst of a streak of three day weekends. Not all of us work four days a week like you do, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, this is my third straight three-day weekend, which the past two were holiday weekends, and next weekend's a a holiday Monday. Nice. And then, so I decided to take today off just so that I could continue that streak of of three-day weekends. So today I haven't really done anything. I played some video games, and that was about it. You know, watched football most of yesterday. Me and Aurora did some stuff on Saturday, just kind of some stuff that we've been needing to do around the house, um, kind of moving some stuff around and and reorganizing some things. But I'm I'm good. I'm refreshed. Uh, I'm not tired today as we record because of the <laughs> nice. the not working today thing. You know, I played some video games I haven't played in a while, so that that was fun. There you go. And uh, I'm just you know I'm sitting here enjoying the the national title game, despite my team not being in it. Yeah, but you discussed last week you were you were still proud of your team, which I very much. So. I, gi- I give you props. I-, I wasn't sure what kind of dice I was going to be getting last week, <laughs> um, but I-, I give you props. I understand. I will say Michigan so far in this game is doing what Texas should have done with Washington. Oh Just yeah, pound pound the run, pound the run, pound the run. Yeah, and see, I thought it was going to be Blake Corum scoring all the touchdowns, but uh, who's the who's the other guy? I forget. His uh, name. Edwards and Mullins are the other two running backs. Donovan well, Edwards num- and I can't remember Mullins' first name. He's he's kind of newer. Number seven, though, the one that scored the two touchdowns so far that's, tonight. That's Donovan Edwards. Yeah, he. I didn't even realize he had got the first one because I got on a little late 
I, that I was got a big one it, too. Yeah, when it was seven nothing, it was a big one. And then his second one was a pretty big one. Um, and then Blake Corum bursted off another big run as well. So yeah, no, they're they're just pounding the rock. And right now we got twenty to ten Michigan. Yeah, Corum is kind of the the battering ram, and and Donovan Edwards is more of the home run hitter. The speed. Yeah, and then they've got then they've got Mullins too. I think he's a true freshman or redshirt freshman, true sophomore, something like that. He hasn't been around a lot, and he kind of came on late in the year. He's been running really hard, too. Did He did, he played really well against Alabama last week. And gotcha. Yeah. M- Michigan can run the ball. They can run the ball. Oh, yeah. And then it was 17-10 at the half, which Washington scored before the half, which was huge. They needed that bad. But then – Penix Jr. gets stepped on. They get the ball first in the second half, so it could have been a beautiful touchdown-touchdown to tie the game up, um, which is what you'd love if you're the team that defers. But uh, he gets stepped on, and then the pass gets tipped at the line of scrimmage, and he gets picked off, and then luckily they held Michigan to a field goal. So 20-10 to 10 right now. Yeah. We'll have this on. We might have a little bit of random updates throughout the episode. Yeah, it's not going to be a primary discussion of the episode mainly because the game will not be over by the time we're done recording and chase has to work really early in the morning so we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna stay up to watch the rest of the game and then record that would be crazy <laughs> exactly um if yeah everybody i was about wants... to say i was gonna <laughs> if... say earlier when you said that you were uh not tired today i was gonna be like well i'll be tired enough for the both of us right right <laughs> Uh, but if everybody wants to support us on Patreon, if every single person that listens goes and, and supri- subscribes on Patreon, then maybe we can quit our jobs and then we can stay up late and, and record. <laughs> yeah, and then we could do more episodes throughout the week. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You could be with us multiple times a week, and it would be great. <laughs> uh, that's Sportin' Beards backslash, or Patreon backslash Sportin' Beards, I think, is the... Uh, the patreon anyway get your, get your stubble going uh episode number 100 nobody wears 100 sadly i mean there's probably like some some nascar or something right Doesn't, do they do triple digits i know there's something out there that does triple digits do i know any 100s no <laughs> no i i don't know of anybody that does triple digits but since I figured we didn't we didn't start doing numbers to to associate to the the titles of episodes until we got into like the 30s really I think it was the 20s because I remember 26 being Saquon Barkley so maybe it was the 20s then it was so I, I think I, it might have been that one 26 yeah so I I figure at least for these first few ones until we get to like past the point where we can do champions too I figure we'll just just keep going we'll remove the one pretend like the one's not there and right so we'll look at this week we'll look at zeros so who's the first zero that you think of so the first one that pops into mind is damian lillard uh because he he tech technically says it's an o for oregon mm-hmm. um so it's not technically a zero for him um that one and then jason richardson wasn't he like zero or double zero Ooh, that's a good question. I am not sure about him. But um, I couldn't really think of any baseball. I think Jonathan Kaminga uh, for the Warriors is double zero right now. 
So Jason Richardson was 23. Oh, man. I don't know why. For some reason, I just pictured that old Warriors uniform with a zero on it, and I thought it was Jason Richardson. Well, there was a, a, a zero that played with Jason Richardson, and that is Agent Zero himself. Oh, Gilbert, yeah. Gilbert yes. Arenas, which was the first person that I thought of with Fair. number zero. And then there's also Russell Westbrook. I was gonna. I thought Westbrook wore zero. Yeah, yeah. So Russell Westbrook is a zero. Yeah, and he then is. <laughs> current day, <laughs> uh, current day, Jason Tatum is a zero. Ooh, okay, that's a good one. He he wears zero. And then, selfishly, when I was a kid, I used to love this guy, uh, Aaron Brooks, wore number zero for the Rockets. Okay. He's That's a throwback not, name. Yeah, he's he's not in a class with any of these other guys that have worn zero, but <laughs> no, I, I used to love, I used to love Aaron Brooks. So that's Man, that's the, the zeros. Were there any? I don't. I can't think of any baseball. So the only one that like had any amount of career war was Al Oliver, who pitched for the Rangers before we were born. So, Over my head. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone finished uh, with a zero ERA? I mean, I'm sure a bunch of guys have. If you but set with the, enough, if enough you, in yeah. pitch. <laughs> if you set the the limit to zero or to one inning, I'm sure there's there's plenty that have. I think the closest guy to to get to zero was, oh man, who was the Chad Bradford? I think no, no, it was a different submariner. That pitched for the A's out of the bullpen and started his career with like forty straight um, scoreless outings. Dang. Oh man, who was that? It was a submarine pitcher, but I I can't remember the name. See, I'm usually decent at, at baseball names. Like I started getting pretty good at Immaculate Grid, which I haven't actually done in a while. I need to get back on that. But. There's so many baseball players in history. It's so hard to remember all those. Brad Ziegler. Brad, Brad Ziegler. Ziegler. So you were close with Bradford. Yeah, Bradford was the the guy, the submariner on the A's, the Moneyball A's. Oh, okay. It was a few years later with Brad Ziegler. 2008 was the year. He ended that season. He had 40, 48 games pitched and a 1.06 ERA. Damn. Which is uh, pretty good. He had a zero ERA through his first, so his first twenty-eight games. He didn't give up a run until his twenty-ninth appearance. Okay, that's so pretty, pretty legit. Yeah, that's pretty legit. Uh, as far as titles go, so two thousand, we got the Yankees over the Mets in the Subway Series. Subway that was Series. The Ravens, one of the greatest defenses of all time, oh, beating yeah. the Giants thirty-four to seven. Great 30 for 30. Yes, Bullies of Baltimore, one of my favorites. Yes, very good. Even though one's a murderer. Accessory. Allegedly. Allegedly (laughs) an accessory. He might have hit some evidence. And that one had Goose, right? Yes. Tony Saragusa? Yep. Yeah, that was was an interesting team, for sure. Right. Trent Dilfer as the quarterback. Yeah, the the Ravens might uh might make it back. We'll get it, into that. They're they're looking like they got a shot for sure. 
Uh, Lakers beat the Pacers in 2000, and then uh, I'm going to say this really quickly. Uh, Oklahoma won the title. Moving on. Ooh, gross. Hey, but you can confidently <laughs> say that was the last time. <laughs> yep, it's the last time that they ever won a title. Ever. Going forward, included. <laughs> yeah, we see the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll, they'll definitely never win a Big 12 title again. That's that's for sure. I don't know. With the way college football, they, they may have... Big 12 might come back. You don't know. The Big 12 of the SEC. They're going to... Right. <laughs> All right. So today is going to be probably majority NFL, I would say, with the playoffs yeah, coming up. Yeah, because that's basically all we've got right now. I mean, you and me, we always say that around Christmas is when we'll kind of start watching basketball. We still haven't quite got there. Um, I've watched a little bit of Mavs. That, uh, Kyrie and Luka actually combined for 69 last night to beat the number one seed Minnesota Timberwolves, so that was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, still not Still not still watching not a ton. Up. Yeah. All right. Uh, in fact, it's getting colder. Well, actually. Not the basketball, but just the weather. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but you did mention, you texted me the other night. You were watching yes. Wim- Wimby and Giannis going back yeah, and we- forth. We were watching Bucks and Spurs the other night, and it's kind of cool because you don't get two athletic center seven-footers, like legit seven-footers, facing each other very often. But Giannis and Wimby, and like Giannis went at Wimby a few times, and even Wimby blocked him a couple of times, which is, I don't see Giannis getting blocked. Like No, it was... That's just not I, I something up, you don't, that you end up seeing. Yeah, I had to go watch the highlights after, especially after you, like, said something to me. I was like, well, I gotta see what's going on here. And, man, it was it was pretty impressive. Yeah, the first one was, was like, uh, Giannis was under the basket, and he was going up and kind of, and Wimby kind of got him. Like, they weren't right up on each other he just kind of got him from the side the second one though the second one Giannis was right up on him head to head with him goes up and Wimby just full on full hand on the basketball and throws it back in his face I've never seen anybody (laughs) do that to Giannis (laughs) yeah Giannis was trying to bully him and was unsuccessful (laughs) yeah Giannis. (laughs) Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That doesn't you don't hear that very often. <laughs> no. Like Giannis is the closest thing we have in the NBA to right now as far as not total game or anything, but just as as far as athleticism and size, he's the closest thing we have to like prime LeBron or prime Shaq as far as just pure physicality. 2000 NBA champ. 2000 NBA champ Shaq, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was his first one, him and Kobe. Of many. Yeah. So each got five? Or does Shaq only have four? Shaq may have only got uh, four. I, think Shaq I don't know, because... Kobe got five, but I think Shaq got four. Was his only other one besides the Lakers with the Heat? Yeah, the Heat in 06. I don't Did think he, he won again. Because he bounced around after that, but I don't think he ever ended up on another title team. For some reason, I think you're right, but I also don't know. I'm pretty sure on that. You're probably right. He had six you, finals appearances. Yeah, because he lost in... Four-time oh, NBA champ. He lost in 04 with the with the Lakers, and he also lost in 95, I want to say, 95, against the Rockets with Hakeem. 
I'm not seeing who it was, but he did. He was four-time NBA champ, so you are correct. Yeah, I thought so. But anyway, it was impressive. It, it was impressive him blocking Giannis. Not just like a Giannis didn't see him, came out of nowhere kind of block, but like head-to-head, straight-up block. Yeah, yeah, 1v1. <laughs> yeah, clean block, too. Yeah. I mean, it's about as clean. A, if Take the time to go look it up on YouTube or Twitter or whatever. It is worth watching. I just really hope that Giannis kind of, I mean, obviously they're not teammates, but in a way kind of shows him the ropes on how to to buff up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. if, if Wimby does that transformation that Giannis had, look out. Because it, it would be ridiculous to have basically a taller Giannis. <laughs> that can shoot. Yeah. Because <laughs> Giannis still hasn't really figured out how to shoot. That's true. So but, that, man. Yeah. So yeah, there's a little bit of basketball going on. I know they've been working, that Tim Duncan has been around the team a little bit, kind of working with with Wimby, which, I mean, there's there's not too many better, like, mentor-type figures than than Tim Duncan, especially defensively. I mean, Tim Duncan's True. one of the five best defensive players in the history of the NBA. So, yeah, that's a good guy to have around. Can't argue that. But, but um, better than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a better shooter than Duncan. I'll give that. Fair. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any baseball? You said you had a baseball question for me, or or uh, something no, you wanted the, to mention. No, I have a or... question. Uh, it was actually a football question that I was talking about, but okay. I do have a baseball thing that I saw that was really funny, and it was like MLB free agency predictions, and the caption was. The Dodgers have been pretty quiet this offseason. <laughs> Expect them to make a big splash soon. <laughs> and oh, it has, like, yeah. Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, Dylan Cease, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Josh Hader, all going to the Dodgers. <laughs> so, I just thought that was pretty funny because, obviously, that isn't true. They are the right. biggest splash so far. I mean, hey, they, they signed T. Oscar Hernandez, so they're, they finally got their, their big money move. Yeah, so they're done. <laughs> Which I don't know if you saw, but they they did like eight million deferred on a twenty three million one year contract. So now kind they're just now they're just being mean about it. <laughs> it's just deferring everything. <laughs> yeah, like you almost never see guys get deferments on a one year deal. Right, that's it's ridiculous. Weird. Uh, but that's really it for baseball. I think there hasn't really been anything else earth shattering rangers won the world series but yeah nothing, nothing yeah, i mean that was <laughs> that was last year chase ah oh, don't don't you pull that one on me. <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure you made the same joke with me around probably around this time last year so yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh just to give a small update on the national title it is twenty to twenty-three. Washington has the ball 13. down by seven. Or twenty to thirteen. Thir- yeah, twenty to thirteen. Down by seven. Uh, they are driving, but it looks like they just got a false start. Yeah, third and fifteen. It's been a good game though so far. I will say that it has been back and forth. Um, minus them going up seventeen to three for a little bit. It, it, it's been it's been close. Yeah, as long as it, if it stays within one score, like that's kind of all you ask for for in a title game, just for it to right. stay within one to two scores and get within one score late at least. 
or maybe some overtime. That would be great. I mean, well, not, do you really want me, overtime? Yeah. No, not for me, <laughs> but <laughs> for college football. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last thing you want is probably overtime. Yeah, no. I will be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Give you something to listen to on the on the way to work. That's true. And fourth down. Yeah. All right, so. He's just been a little off so far. He a has been a off. He has been a little bit. Just a little bit. He was making not, those passes against Texas. He was, unfortunately. Like I, that's like I said last week. Like when a guy gets in rhythm, he was in rhythm last week. He is not in rhythm this week. And you see the difference. Yep. When a guy gets in a rhythm versus when he's not in a rhythm. Did you see that video going around of someone somehow switched him to a righty and was like watching him throw as a righty is confusing and it makes you really love his throwing style and i was like at first i didn't see the caption i just saw a video of him yeah i saw a video of him throwing righty and i was like wait a second i was just talking about him being one of the best lefties we've seen was i wrong (laughs) and i was like no i'm not i'm just i fooled myself at that point (laughs) yeah anytime you see somebody when they do the mirrored images like that it always looks weird Mm -hmm. like i don't know if you've ever seen because we always talk about like how beautiful like King Griffey Jr.'s swing is. But if you flip it to the right side, it doesn't look that good. Right. <laughs> I don't and know if you've ever seen the mirror of of Griffey. I have. Because I it have. Does it does look weird. It just looks weird. So I have a theory as to why. I think I might have told you about this before. But I feel like it has to do with, yes, we're basically symmetrical, except for our inside. And so like the way your heart is and stuff like i feel like in your chest it's just a little bit different so like you're pulling with your right hand versus pulling with your left hand i don't know it, it's it's weird to explain but that's my theory as to why lefties and it probably doesn't hurt that you go to first base yes and so lefties when they swing and like make contact on one that they don't just stand there and watch they're able to just continue their motion running to first. So that might be part of it too. Yeah, I think that's probably the big part of it is that it it looks unnatural for a right-hander to swing like a lefty because you are with it you're then falling off the wrong direction and True. making it more difficult to run to first base. And so we don't see right-handers ever swing like that for I a reason. I guess that makes sense, yeah. <clears throat> and so it looks weird when you when you mirror a lefty. I don't know. It's one of those things that's just always really interesting to me. Yeah, we brought baseball back. We did. We did it. Me and you are always going to bring baseball into things. That's just the. That's just the way that it works. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so let's get to the NFL. Uh, I think we have a couple things before we get into the playoff matchups. Yes, um, I wanted to go ahead and ask you my hot sports take. It's not necessarily mine, but. Uh, Casa is a Vikings fan, so she she does like football, but she's definitely watched the most football during a season that she ever has. Uh, now that I I'm living with her, and she has brought something up that I'd never really thought about, just because it's so natural and common to me. She hates the kneeling it out. Okay. Like she thinks you should have to run a play, and from okay. an outside perspective, I can kind of see that. But I was just curious what your thoughts might have been on that. Because I know we've been trained that, like, once you're up by enough and they don't have any more timeouts 
and you're under two minutes, you just kneel the ball out. What do you think if they did have to actually make a, an actual play and keep trying? Or or if maybe it's so, somewhat similar to college where, like, the score differential or point differential actually matters in the NFL to where people do want to keep trying to run it up. So I guess, first off, I want to ask, what constitutes a play? Actually trying to gain yardage. So what if... Instead of doing the kneel out, and this this will look really stupid, but what if instead of doing the kneel out, I hand the ball off to my running back and he immediately just dives on the floor? Is that a play or is that a kneel? See, I thought about that too, and I guess it would be very hard to regulate, but really what she was just boiling down to is it seems like it's one of the only sports where like the team winning gives up at the end in a way. Which kind of made sense when she said it kind of like that. and Yeah, I mean, it's the only sport with a designated play to give up. But, I mean, if you watch a basketball game... They'll dribble it, out the final shot It's not shot close. Clock. They, they dribbled out the shot clock. And, True. you know, I guess there's not there's not really a an equivalent to baseball because it's the only sport where you always have... Where you almost always have to be on defense at the end of the game. Right. You have to get to, the to other team it. out 27 times. Yeah. Regardless. Um, I mean, like, soccer has where, at the end of the game, you'll run to the corner flag and just try and hold try off and the other team guard from getting the ball, the ball. basically. Yeah, that's true. And there's also... So the, the basis of the kneel out is that you are running a play. You still, you still have to snap it. There have been times where the snap goes wrong and the other team gets the ball still. True. And the basis is that the quarterback is giving himself up, which which does happen throughout the rest of the game too. When they when they start running and they slide, or True. you'll see some quarterbacks like as soon as they feel like they're about to get sacked, they'll just drop to the floor so that they don't have to take the hit. True. So it's kind of the same thing as that. I don't really see a difference there. So I'm fine with it. Long to, in a long long windedness, I'm fine with it. See, I am too. I'm with you there because that's just part of football. It's called victory formation for a reason. Um, I just thought it was interesting that I'd never really thought about that. Just because it's been drilled into my brain that that's what you do at the end of the game if you're winning. Yeah. I mean, there are some coaches that don't believe in it. That just don't believe that you do that. And I mean, in that what was it, Georgia Tech? It was Uh, the Miami-Georgia Tech game where Miami could have kneeled out and won the game, they would not have had to give the ball back. And they ran a play. There was a fumble. Georgia Tech goes down and scores, wins the game. Yeah. So, you know. See, and that, that's her, that was kind of her argument. I, I think it should give the defense a chance. And I, I just thought it was interesting. But I'm with you. It, it's yeah. part of the game. Time I management and, the, and timeouts. And my, response the to, my response to giving – you know, giving the defense a chance to make a play at that point in the game is that the other team had, you know, 59 minutes before that to as a chance, a chance to to have a chance to win the game. True. And they declined. <laughs> so. Well, and as much as I love her, do remember it's coming from a Vikings fan. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, I just, I just wanted to get your, your input on that, but. Like I don't hate the idea because I I don't like I don't like I don't like the kneel. I understand it and I'm fine with it. 
but I don't love it. Right. I see what you're saying. But well, usually I've already turned off the turned off the game before the kneels start happening. True. See, I don't. I'm bad about it. I just <laughs> Unless there's a game coming on on that same channel that I'm going to watch, then I'll well, just see, leave it there. Typically, not every time, but a lot of times you're kneeling it after you did try to actually like the other team did still have three timeouts, but then you get a first down. So like I'm watching to see the end of it anyway, and so I usually just leave it on to finish it. But right, just interesting. I just thought it'd be an interesting uh, discussion. Uh, so I have a I have a question for you. Okay. As we have ended this this uh, NFL season regular season, did C.J. Stroud just complete the greatest rookie quarterback season of all time? If you want to just say regular season, regular I don't season, know. Yeah. I don't know if I could necessarily go there. Now, I am a little biased, but Dak Prescott had one of the best rookie seasons of all time as a quarterback. He it was up there. Arguably had the best uh, rookie season of all time. He had an eleven game win streak. They got the one seed. Just because of a slow start, they lose to Green Bay in the playoffs. Now the argument for Stroud would probably be the fact that Dak that was pro- that would have been the best team that Tony Romo probably ever got to play for with the talent around him and the defense and the offensive line like everything came together in 2016 for Dak but he still had to make the plays he still threw a ton of touchdowns with minimal interceptions so I'm a little biased I want to lean Dak still because they had an 11 game win streak they got the one seed but what C.J. Stroud just did is very impressive. It's definitely the best rookie season from a quarterback since Dak, for sure. Yeah. But I'd, I'd, I'd have to lean a little bit more towards Dak. I think the other, the other candidate in the argument would be RG3. True. As a rookie in Washington. Kind of similar to Stroud in, in that it was a not good team the year before. And a team that had not been good for a couple of years. Because, like, the Cowboys, yeah, the year before Dak, they were bad. But they were bad because Romo got hurt. Right. And then the team was retooled completely. And then Romo got hurt again. (laughs) Uh, True. Just because it was late career Tony Romo and he he just couldn't stay healthy. His body was just broken. And it sucks for him. It sucks for all of us. Yeah. Because that team probably wins the Super Bowl with Tony Romo at quarterback. Um, nothing against Dak, but that team probably could have won the Super Bowl if if, if Romo had stayed healthy. I've, I've argued that point with some people. So, <laughs> but the I think the thing that most works in C.J. Stroud's favor is the Texans have been bad for a while. True, a while. Like they've won they won ten games this year, which is more than like their last three years combined. I think prior to this year. Or close to three years combined. I know it's more than the last two years combined. Which did help in a way because and they were able to they were able to add pieces to CJ Stroud. So it wasn't him doing it on his own. He had multiple rookies helping out this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and not even just rookies, but uh, Nico Collins and uh, Tank Dell was a rookie. But I don't know. 23 touchdowns to five interceptions over 4,000 yards passing. Cause like even, even with Dak, that team was built on a, like the best 
offensive line in the NFL with a fresh Ezekiel Elliott running the damn ball. True. And that team that team was built from running and playing defense, and Dak didn't have to do a lot. C.J. Stroud has to do almost everything. Dak Prescott, three, not one less game, keep in mind, because they weren't doing 17 then. Well, C.J. Stroud also missed two games. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, 3,667 passing yards, 29 touchdowns to four picks. But uh, but see, my, my main argument is Dak wasn't picked to be that. He was actually the no, third-string quarterback. Kellen Moore broke his leg before Tony Romo got hurt, or else we may never have even seen Dak become who he is today. And so that's where I would maybe still lean him just because he was not supposed to be that guy at all. C.J. Stroud, although, yes, Ohio State quarterbacks have been notorious for having a hard time in the NFL, he was picked to help bring that franchise back. Now, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from what C.J. Stroud has done this year. It is very impressive. The Texans had one primetime game all season, and it was Saturday. So they were at noon literally every single game this season besides on Saturday, and that was because the Texans have been so bad for so long. So it is true. It is very impressive what he did. I just, being a Cowboys fan and and loving, 2016 was so much fun until we lost to Green Bay that year that it's hard to, it's hard to put a rookie season above that one. Yeah, I get it. It I wasn't necessarily strongly leaning one way or another before I asked the question, but I thought it was an interesting question nonetheless. For sure. Definitely. And definitely worth an argument. I mean, it's close. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, obviously I've been playing devil's advocate during this entire discussion, but true. I really don't think there's a wrong argument between the two. I can agree with you. So speaking of Dak though, First quarterback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys to lead the NFL in passing touchdowns in a season. He also only had nine picks this year. Coming off of leading the league in picks last year, which we we talked about it last year some, a a lot of them were were tipped passes by the receivers and stuff. But very impressive for him to bounce back like that and put the Cowboys in a very good position. I don't understand how they ended up getting the two seed. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, nobody wanted to win the division, and the Cowboys <laughs> just happened to be the team that does it. Yeah. Um, but not only that, but we also had a league-leading uh, reception leader in C.D. Lamb, and he actually was like 50 yards shy of being their receiving yard leader uh, this season. First Cowboy receiver to surpassed 1,700 uh, receiving yards in a season, which is ridiculous. If you think about it, that's over 100 receiving yards per game, which, dude, that's insane. And then we also had the league leader in interceptions in Deron Bland this year. So Yeah, that one's not even close, right? Uh, I don't believe so. He had nine. I believe the next person might have had maybe six. I don't remember exactly. Um, but very impressive, none the least. And, and so... Honestly, it's kind of tough because it almost puts the most pressure on the Cowboys. <laughs> like, they've done so well this regular season that, like, the, the expectations are there. And so, okay, so Stone, let's see, G Stone, what's his first name? Gino, Gino Stone, safety for the Ravens, had seven. 
Okay. So a little closer than I thought, but still very impressive. I'm super stoked. I'm super excited for the Cowboys. Um, so yeah, we'll we go ahead and get into the playoff uh, playoff matchups. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you before before we get into specific matchups. Um, I wanted to ask which road team this weekend. So Browns, Dolphins, Steelers, Packers, Rams, Eagles. If you had to put your life savings on one of those teams winning the Super Bowl this year, who would you put it on? Oh, that's a good question. Of all the road teams. Yeah, all the road teams. So teams that basically would have to win four straight or three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl and then win a win the Super Bowl. Man, if you were just going to pick or if you, I thought you were just going to ask me which road team do I think has a chance this weekend, I was going to go oh. ahead and just say Browns. <laughs> because because it's ridiculous what they've been able to do with how many people they've lost this season. Agreed. Um but man, to go to the Super Bowl, if I had to pick one of those, I think it would have to be between the Rams and the Eagles. And main reason being is because they're the two last representatives for the NFC in the Super Bowl. And the Rams are hot. They're they're hot right now. They've got ridiculous receiving threats. Uh, Kyron Williams has been uh, a godsend for them um, when he's been healthy this year. And then the Eagles, they proved that they can be one of the best teams in the NFL. Have they hit a skid, losing five of their last six? Yes. But they've proven that they could if everybody was healthy. Now, right now, that's a big question mark. They've lost a lot of people down the stretch, uh, right when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. So I, I might have to, I might have to lean Rams on that one, just because Sean McVay's a really good coach. Matt Stafford, Hall of Famer. I think he solidified that by finally getting his ring. The receiving threats, they still have a good defense, even though they aren't the same defense that won the Super Bowl. I think I'd have to do the Rams. So I would go, for me, if you're just looking at the path, because that's really what it comes down to if you're going to be going on the road all the time. That's is true. You look, See, you I look didn't at the look path. at the future. Dang it. I didn't look at the next rounds. If the Rams, let's say if the Rams beat the Lions, it doesn't matter who wins the other game. They have to play San Francisco. Division. In the division round. But the, Which, the division yes, division, division game. But if you look at the Eagles, they get the Buccaneers first, which, aside from the Eagles being terrible, I think one could argue the Eagles were terrible down the stretch because nobody can win the, like, it's against the rule to win the the <laughs> NFC East back-to-back years. True. And so the football gods were looking at the stains and be like, ah, oh, crap. Uh, okay, we're just going to make the Eagles lose like five of their last six games and and Cowboys you better you better win just enough. <laughs> but now that that's in the past, maybe the Eagles are going to be the Eagles again. <laughs> but they play the Buccaneers. Wild. I don't know if anybody would pick the the Buccaneers to beat the Eagles even at home. It's kind of like the, with the Cowboys last year. And then if they win that, then they either they would either play San Francisco or Dallas. Probably would play well, well, it depends, on, it depends on between Dallas and, and, and the Packers, I guess. But probably playing Dallas, which means, I mean, that's a division game. They they have, they have played in and won in Dallas plenty enough. That's a 50-50 game, <laughs> regardless. That's a 50-50 game. 
and then you just have to win one game in the NFC title game, and then they're in the they're in the Super Bowl. So that that would be my pick. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be my pick. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. I didn't think about the fact that uh, the Rams would have a really tough road to get to the Super Bowl, um, but they they actually just beat the the 49ers in the regular season for the first time in like I don't remember what the exact stat was but like 5 years or something like that. Now again, no neither team had their starters in. Right. <laughs> but um <clears throat> man, that was a good question. Good question. Second question. Okay. Not counting not counting Packers and Cowboys, which game are you most looking forward to watching? I know this sounds crazy because they decided to put it Saturday at the 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 opening game, but Browns Texans. I really am excited for that one because neither of them should be here. If you if you really want to boil it down and look at it, like the the Texans history, not based on what they've done this season necessarily, but the Texans history. Nobody expected them to even be in the playoffs this year, let alone win their division. Um, although, albeit. A weaker division, typically. But Yeah, and Jacksonville kind of fell apart down the stretch too. You know, I I wanna give them a little bit of a pass just because I don't think Trevor Lawrence has been right. He hasn't. He hasn't been right for weeks, but he's had to play because the season was on the line. And so I give him a little bit of a pass, but yeah, they they dropped the ball. All they had to do was win and they win the division and they didn't. Against a not so great Titans team. So, you're right. Um, but then the Browns, like I said, with all the people, they, they've started five different starting quarterbacks. This year. Which is insane. Teams usually yes. only roster two, maybe yeah. three at the most. They've won 11 games with starting five different quarterbacks this year. <laughs> that blows my mind. <laughs> One of which was just sitting at home on the couch to start the season. Exactly. Now, comeback player of the year, I think. He's in the running for sure. Um, but yeah, that's the one I'm most excited to see because I could see that going either way. Because what the reason Cleveland's even where they are, they are is the their defense, and a lot of the reason Houston is where they are is because of their offense. And so, so that's going to be fun to watch. You say that, but interestingly, because one thing I did before we started recording is I I went on to Football Reference. I wanted, what I wanted to do was get the points per game ranking for each each playoff team, both offensively and defensively. You know, the Browns have actually been the 10th highest scoring team in the NFL this year. 10th. Despite I mean, all I'm, of... I'm not too surprised by that because since Joe Flacco's been there, I believe he is at least tied, if not has the most passing touchdowns in the NFL since he started for the Browns. Um, yeah. Amari Cooper has just been going off. Could this just be, you know... Flacco redemption, and he just goes crazy on everyone in the playoffs, and Browns make a run. He's done it before. <laughs> he has done it he before. He has done it before, and so you really couldn't put it past him. Now, it's it was, you know, 11 years ago when he did it before, but still. Experience. Experience. <laughs> and he, he's rested. He's only played half a season, so. <laughs> Have you seen that clip of when they were winning, and he was just – it looked like he was basically falling asleep on the bench in the middle of the game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't know the playbook yet, so uh, 
<laughs> so he like he doesn't really need to like study what the opposition's doing or because you know he's like I don't know what, I don't even know what play we're running just you know go down the field I'll, I'll find you man yeah it, it would be something if he if they make a run here man it's I, crazy it it would be I think it would be the best like quarterback. Super Bowl winning quarterback story. If the Browns somehow won the Super Bowl, it would be the best Super Bowl winning quarterback story since Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just insane. It would be insane. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. In fact, I would probably pick the Texans to beat them, but it <laughs> it's going to be hard. an interesting matchup. It's hard to go against them at this point. Uh, and and you mentioned the the Texans. You know, being here because of their offense, they've they're they have the eleventh best scoring defense in the NFL this year. Okay, I expected so it to be lower, but the defense has too. been pretty well. I uh, do also. I am also looking forward to Rams Lions, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. I I meant to look it up, but I didn't. So maybe I I might end up. I'll probably hear it during a broadcast or something. But has there ever been? A playoff matchup where the two quarterbacks facing each other literally were traded for each other on those exact teams. Probably not traded for each other. Um, so I'm trying to think of quarterbacks that have even been traded for each other. Yeah, th- there's not a lot. Like it would have had to have been like a, you know, a Chargers Giants Super Bowl with with Eli Manning and and Philip Rivers. Rivers. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, I can't even think of other quarterbacks that have been traded for each other straight up. I know. Like that. It's crazy. So I, I think that's going to be a really fun game because Dan Campbell has done some very impressive things with the Lions, having their best season since, like, the 60s. And then yeah. They haven't won a playoff game since Barry Sanders was, like, a third-year player. <laughs> yeah, thanks to uh, pass interference call <laughs> against the Cowboys uh, in 2014. But I'm okay with it. I'm not going to... I'm not going to yeah. argue about it, but no, th- that that one's going to be a lot of fun. They're both pretty good offenses. They both have a decent defense. I think that one's going to be a lot of fun as well. I'm glad they put that one Sunday night, Sunday night football game. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm interested in Dolphins Chiefs just because of the quarterback matchup. Even Tyreek though... Hill coming back too. Yeah, Tyreek Hill returning to... To Kansas City, you've got the defending Super Bowl champions. They've really struggled on offense this season compared to to their normal. Their defense has been really, really good, though. That's why they're still here. That's why they still finished eleven and six, despite the the issues that they have had on offense all season. There's still no quarterback that I would least that I would l- want to face less in a do or die game than Patrick Mahomes. Just agreed. I don't care who he's throwing to. That's not a guy that I want to face. Nope. So I'm interested in that game for that reason. Hopefully a lot of the injured Dolphins will be able to go. True. Uh, they've got a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. And then we have Packers-Cowboys, which yeah. I think the last thing that you said on the podcast last week was, please, not the Packers. And to be honest, that was probably a dumb thing to say because – I really am not that scared of this Packers team. It's just the history that we have against the Packers in the playoffs. Scared of the helmet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes. Uh, 
But Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore. Yeah, but Jordan Love is. <laughs> Jordan Love is, and he has been playing really well. Um, only one interception in like his last nine or ten games, something like that. But what does scare me a little bit is Aaron Jones. Our our run defense has not been the best this season, and Aaron Jones is coming off of three straight hundred yard games. Now, granted, it's against three subpar teams, but still, that that's an impressive thing. And so, I am a little bit worried about uh, having to face the the run against Green Bay. But the Cowboys being undefeated at home so far this season um, actually have the longest active – well, they're the only ones that went undefeated at home this season. But even going back to last year, they've got – I think it's like 17 straight home victories. And so getting that two seed was huge for us, giving us a home playoff game. And I don't really care who comes to town. Yeah, the Cowboys haven't lost at home, and knock on wood, but – Cowboys haven't lost at home since 2021. Were they undefeated at home last year, too? I think so. I don't know if that's... I think we might have lost a game at home last year. I think they went undefeated at home last year. Let's look that up. We will. Let's see. Um, But yeah, it's... (laughs) I don't know if there's a worse... If there's a team that has a better playoff record against the Cowboys historically than the Packers, it just seems like every year they end up meeting and every year the Packers end up winning. That's what it feels like. That, that's, I mean, Dez caught it. We've got that one in Lambeau. Then we got the Richard Rodgers catch barely dragging his toe on the sideline uh, in 2016 when we were the one seed. Okay, they lost opening day last year, which was at home against the Buccaneers. Oh yeah, that was Brady. that was the last that was the last game that they lost. At and home. they almost didn't lose that game. Dak had a chance at the end of the game, and we just barely missed it. But well, they only no. scored they they lost the nineteen to three that game. But hmm. then I'm thinking wrong. Oh, that's bad. Then. Yeah, I don't know what game you're thinking of, but that was the thirteen to three game. Anyways, uh, I felt like I totally jinxed Brandon Aubrey. Uh, this weekend <laughs> now the commentators kind of did it themselves but before he even went to kick that field goal like early in the game I was just like in my head I was like is he still perfect and so I went and looked and he was and then I decided nope. to look and see well then I decided to go look and see how many kickers actually finished the season perfect and there's only been like oh, two no. I think I missed it I see Michigan has the ball about to score. Well, I was saying oh no to you going and checking who oh, was okay, going okay. perfect. Okay, I saw you look up. Oh, Blake Corum touched But yeah, him. Blake Corum just scored, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I did that, and then he gets the blocked kick, and then he doinks the next one. And I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah, and it was as solid of a doink as you can as you can have, too. Like, yes. It was loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but then uh, he ended up drilling the, the next one right down the middle. And so, honestly, it's probably a good thing that that happened. So he gets those misses out of the way. Because you would hate for him to finally miss one, like the game-winning field goal in the playoffs or something. Right, yeah. There's there's two schools of thought there. There's the, there's the well, it's good to happen now in a game that, that you know, the team win, wins handedly. Uh, the other one is... 
Well, but that does that knock his confidence too much for next time he comes out, which I don't think it will, but you just Well that's why I'm glad he was able to nail that last one. Right. <laughs> but man, if he would have made all three of those, the points per game for Dallas would have been we would have ended up scoring I guess we scored thirty eight, so it would have been forty four. Man, they just been they've been beating up the bad teams. Minus Arizona. Yeah. It's it's impressive. The Cowboys at home have been impressive. Now, for Cowboys fans, we're just gonna gonna have to hope that somebody takes out San Francisco, so that they don't have to play a road game, because it's a different story on the road. It is a different story on the road, but I actually kind of want the rematch against San Francisco. I want them to go beat the Forty ers Now, is that a be careful what you wish for kind of thing? Yes, probably. But, man, I want that redemption. But it would be awesome if somebody else beats the 49ers and we don't have to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's path of least resistance is usually the best way to go. But I I learned I learned about four years ago I, I finally was able to kick it into my brain to not root for anybody. Right. Because... In 2019 with the Astros, I was rooting for whoever I was rooting for the Nationals versus whoever they were playing in the in, in the NLCS. So it was the Dodgers or I don't remember who it was, but I was rooting for the for the Nationals. And, and then, then they, they came in and beat the beat Astros you. in the World Series. And that's whenever I decided, you know what? I'm not rooting for anybody. Just bring on whoever comes. I just feel like at this point the 49ers are the only acceptable NFC team to take the Cowboys out. Like, it, it can't be anybody else in the NFC to take to beat them, or else it's going to be very bad. And then the Ravens over, I mean the Ravens or Chiefs, because it's still hard to, to go against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, regardless of all the people dropping the ball for the Chiefs over there. It Those are the only three teams that I think it's acceptable for the Cowboys to lose to in these playoffs. Yeah, they're there will be questions that need to be answered if anybody else knocks them out. If they lose this weekend, it will be one of the biggest disappointments of all time. If if the Packers go in there and beat them, do you think that's the end of the road for for McCarthy? I do. I definitely do. Because now the hard part is the Cowboys are actually tied for the second most wins in the last three seasons. Yeah. Three straight 12-win seasons. And only one behind the leader, which is Kansas City. And so his resume for the last three years are very impressive. But the one thing that we need is to get over the hump in the playoffs. And so if if Green Bay comes into the, our house, where we've been undefeated this year, not lost since opening week last year, then it will. I think it would be the end. That can't happen. The Cowboys have to win this weekend. They cannot lose to the Packers at home. Honestly, at this point, the Cowboys need to get to the NFC Championship game. Like, that needs to be the minimum. It just should. Well, and that's another reason that getting that two-seed is huge, because that guarantees if we win this weekend, we get another home game. Yep. It's massive. So, yeah. So, I mean, the only other game that we didn't uh, mention was Bills Steelers. For a reason. Yeah, mostly for a reason. Although the Bills have had some, some rough moments this year, they should have beat the Eagles back before the Eagles started falling on their face. Um, and they've had a couple really close games that they sh- they could have and or should have won. So I think they should take care of the Steelers, no problem. 
But man, is it impressive that Mike Tomlin still has not had a losing season? Yeah, that is that is incredible. I think it's the third longest streak of winning seasons for a sing, for a head coach. I think Landry had had a twenty season streak, and then Belichick. And um, I think it was Belichick was the other one. But neither of them. So Tomlin's is to start his fourth. career. And so, like, he, he literally has never had a losing season. So he's the only yeah. one to have that long of a winning season streak to start his career, which is funny to say because he obviously didn't just start his career. Right. No, we're, <laughs> we're like a whole Hall of Fame coaching career in at this point with Mike Tomlin. And yeah, I, know there's, I know there's a lot of detractors with Mike Tomlin and that, you know, may take umbrage with Hall of Fame and Mike Tomlin, but – He's had a he's a Hall of Fame coach at this point. Oh, definitely. First ballot. Like he has a Super Bowl. I think he's been to another one, right? Yes. Or has he just been to the one? No. Uh, they lost to the Packers in Dallas. That's right. Or yeah, because they beat the the Cardinals in '08, and then they lost to the Packers in 2010. Yeah, that's right. Hey, one and one. That's not bad. Yeah, and then all the. All of the winning seasons, if he, especially if he keeps this up, and he was so young as a head coach too, like when he when he first came in. And not only that, but to go from a Hall of Fame quarterback to not having that Hall of Fame quarterback anymore and still having winning seasons. Mike Tomlin's only fifty-one, or not losing seasons. Let that sink in for a second. Wait, how old did you say? Fifty-one. Damn. He's fifty-one, and he's been a head coach since two thousand seven. Yeah, seventeen years. <laughs> Like, oh, man. 51 is still a fairly young head coach. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, not shit, as young we as got he... got Pete Carroll at, like, 79 or something. Right. <laughs> like, 51's not as young for head coach as it used to be, but, like, 20 years ago, 51 would be really young for a head coach. Now I think it's kind of average, but for a first-time head coach. But he's 17 years in, and he's <laughs> he's still not, like, an old man coaching, right. which is crazy to me. Yeah, especially trying to relate to these young kids nowadays. I, it's crazy to see Pete Carroll, how he how he interacts with his team. It's actually very impressive. Mike Tomlin's a little bit different than Pete Carroll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nick Saban's still coaching true. college oh, kids. Oh, that's true. That's very at true. His, at his age. Mac Brown, too. Yeah, that is insane. Okay, so All I right. do want to ask you, though. Okay. I want to go through through these and see, see your pick. So Brown's Texans. All right. I was going to do the same thing in reverse, so it's good. I lean Texans. Ah, oh, this one's so hard. This might be and the I'm hardest not, hardest one of the weekend. <laughs> and I'm not picking these against the spread. Just Oh, yeah, no, just straight up who's winning. Um, I'm going to go Texans, too. Just out of curiosity, I am pulling up the spread, and it's Browns minus two and a half. All right, uh, Dolphins Chiefs. On Peacock. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you don't have a if you don't have a peacock peacock subscription, just let me know. Word, I don't, I'm gonna so we'll, we'll be talking. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chiefs. I think I have to go Chiefs too, um, as long as they can hold on to the ball. Yep. If, Chiefs if minus, the, yeah, minus three and a half. Uh, if I'm the Chiefs right now, I've got the jugs machines out, and I'm going just feeding the jugs machine to my receivers over and over again to catch <laughs> the yeah. damn ball. <laughs> All right, uh, Steelers, Bills. Bills. I think we're both, yeah, we're both Bills in that one. 
Yeah, that's, that's a strong Bills. Minus 10. Yeah. You don't see a lot of double-digit uh, lines in, in the NFL period, but in playoffs, even more so. Right. Uh, Packers-Cowboys. <sighs> don't you take a heavy breath? I'm going to take the Cowboys, but I do think the Packers cover. Minus 7.5. Okay. I'm taking the Cowboys. I don't think the Packers cover. All right. Uh, Rams-Lions. Whew. Oof, oof, oof. This one's Detroit minus three and a half. Give me the Lions, and they cover. Oh man, this one's this this is actually about as close as Texans Browns. I think I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Lions too. I just think that Dan Campbell's got those guys playing for him. Yeah, I think just it, it, when a when something gets up to to this level with not winning a playoff game in that long. It's kind of like the the twins in baseball this year. Like it was going to end at some point, right? I just I think this is where it ends. Yeah, and the Rams have kind of pulled the the last few weeks out of their ass. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, and they finally won their division for the first time since that year that they that they last won a playoff game. Like I think this is it's happening. Right, I feel you. Uh, Eagles Bucks. We got Philly minus three away at Tampa Bay. This might be a, a hot take pick. I think the Buccaneers are going to win. I think the Buccaneers are going to win, too. Um, uh, damn. My, my main reason being, though, did you say Jalen Hurts' finger? Uh, No, I didn't. So it, it it's his middle finger on his throwing hand, which is almost the most important finger for a quarterback. And it looked jacked up. Now, apparently the x-rays came back negative, and he says he's going to be fine. But, man, it didn't look good. And then A.J. Brown went down with a, a right knee injury as well. They're already minus Devontae Smith. They're already minus uh, Bayard, I think, uh, the safety. No, I think it's the other safety. Uh, Blake Corum just scored again, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Michigan are national champions. Yep. But, yeah, I, I actually think I'm going to take uh, Tampa Bay as well. Just Philly has fallen flat on their face, and I just think it, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's funny because I was just talking about you know a little bit ago about if I was gonna see one team make a run from the from the the away position this week to make it to the Super Bowl, I'd pick the Eagles, and then I pick the Eagles to lose. But I still but think that I both see of those things can be true. Yeah, because I mean the main point of that is the away team having to keep winning. So if if Philly was able to take care of business on Monday night then they would probably have the best chance of the other away teams to get it done. So I see what you're saying. Right. All right. One more question for you, or two, really. Okay. Does Harbaugh go to the NFL now? I think he will. I think so, too. Where do you think he ends up? Probably the Chargers. I think it's probably the most attractive place for Harbaugh. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, And then my next question, where do you think Bill Belichick ends up? (sighs) How much time we got? <laughs> an, an acceptable answer is retiring because there is a chance that that happens. I don't think he retires unless nobody offers him a job. I don't think that he's going out with this as his last season if he can help losing to the Jets in the snow. <laughs> Just the the disaster that was this season. Now, the crazy I th- thing to me is they've got the fourth pick. So I, I honestly, if I was New England, I'd keep him. So the but problem, I, from what I've heard, is he's out. The problem is that, like, I think that 
if you're hiring Bill Belichick to strictly be your head coach, I think he could still do something in this league. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm just looking at the history and and not watching closely enough what he do, what he's doing game to game these days. But I think if he's just a just a head coach and you're not letting him run over the rest of the organization to do what he wants to do personnel wise, I think he could still be a good coach. I don't think that he can do that in New England because they would have to demote him from being the guy that makes all the decisions to just being the head coach. And I don't think that he would accept that in New England because it, because it's a demotion. Whereas if he's, go, if he's going somewhere else, they can be like, look, we already have this guy in place. He makes the personnel decisions. You're just a head coach or we're not going to hire you. That's fair. So I think he kind of has to go somewhere else to have success because of that reason. And I think New England's probably just ready to to turn the page, actually rebuild, per, turn the page, and and you know wish him well, but wish him goodbye. <laughs> right. So you got Carolina, Atlanta, the Raiders, and then I guess the Chargers. Is that it? I think that that's it. I mean, unless the unless the Cardinals' job comes open, which I think is a possibility. True. Washington is open. They made the move today. Oh, that's right, Washington as well. I wouldn't take Washington if I were him. No. I don't. Who knows what? I mean, they they do have the number two pick, so they they could end up with it. Depending on what what Chicago does with with Caleb Williams at one, you could end up with Caleb Williams, or you end up with with um, with May. I don't know. They just may. I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't either. I don't even know if I could put any. I mean, I wouldn't put any money on it, but I don't know. I, I think, I think there is a little chance he just I, calls it. I think. It, I think if there's one team that'll call him, it's probably the Raiders, just because they like doing weird shit. True. So maybe the Raiders would be my favorite Man. to hire him. I I don't know. End of an era. I just felt like they built that team in New England around Brady. And they kind of stuck to the same kind of team mantra where they didn't get a bunch of big receivers. They didn't get. They tried to keep doing the same thing that they did with Brady, but with a Mac Jones, and it just didn't work. And so, yeah, they they had one critical decision when Tom left, and that is what quarterback are we replacing with? And they picked wrong. Yeah, I mean, they didn't necessarily, it, 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 it didn't even necessarily pick wrong. It's just that you know, rookie when you're drafting quarterbacks. It's like a 50-50 shot. You got a 50-50 shot of being right. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, look at C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Yeah, which I still like Bryce Young. but I do too, but I feel like the Texans had more pieces to be able to put around him because they've been for so long. And Carolina is like they literally just traded their two best players last year in Christian McCaffrey and D.J. Moore. And so. And C.J. Stroud was more NFL ready. Agreed. And which is uncommon. He has more of an NFL body. We've got to remember that rookie quarterbacks used to not come in and play their rookie season. That's, it's becoming more the norm, but it's not usually the norm. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that did come in and play as rookies just like fell flat on their face and never recovered. Well, because typically you're going to a not so great team, but when you're going to, like, I feel like it was just a perfect recipe for CJ Stroud. He was the most NFL ready 
and he was going to a team that had assets. So, and a new head coach that could be the coach of the year. He very well could be. D'Amico yeah. Ryan's has done a great job. He has. Man, that was the most NFL talk we've had. Woo, that was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I, the last couple of weeks I've been watching a lot more NFL. So yeah, because there's that no helps. college. <laughs> Definitely. Right. <laughs> I haven't had much choice. But it was there. Uh, is there anything else that we need to that we need to squeeze in this thing? Episode one hundred. It's Ooh. crazy, dude. That is. Crazy. It's crazy. I. What would you? What would you have set the odds? Like episode one, you know, before episode one. I call you that day and was like, "Hey, let, you're coming over this weekend, and we're recording an episode." That day, like you get off the phone with me, and you're like, "All right, I'm I'm coming." Somebody says like. How many episodes do you think you guys are going to end up doing? I don't think I would have said 100. And I also don't think I, I would have said by January 2024 we're still going. <laughs> I wouldn't have either. I, I would have said maybe 50 at the most. Like, top end. But like they say, most... Like, a lot of people have started a podcast. A lot of people have started a podcast. Or started right. a YouTube channel. Or whatever. Streaming. Yeah. And, and most people... Most people don't get past like 10 episodes, 10 videos, 10 streaming sessions, 10 times going to the gym. Right. <laughs> but here we are almost two years later, a hundred episodes later and no sign of stopping. Nope. It's been fun, man. A lot of fun. Chase, it's been a great hundred episodes. I'm ready for a hundred more, a thousand more maybe. Who knows? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> cheers to that. I don't know if you're drinking at all, but... I've got a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, cheers to that. That works. <laughs> all right. Let's get you to bed. Yes. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. It's for everybody else. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. Go Cowboys. Beards out. Beards out.